They told me for years there was no money in podcasting. Well, they were all wrong. This is an ambiguous podcast solutions original podcast. A podcast years in the making. Centered around You're listening to Talking with Tarasha. With your host and founder of Ambiguous Podcast Solutions, Will Tarashuk. Join Will and his guests as they talk about anything and everything under the sun. Now, without further ado, let's do this. Yes, I know I have gray hair. All right, all right, everybody, settle down, settle down. This is the Talking with Tarashuk podcast. My name is Will Tarashuk, and this one is a milestone for me. This one is very exciting. I am not only speaking to one of the best wrestling podcasters out there, but he's also a man who inspired me in my podcasting career, the one and only Mr. Andrew Zarian. Andrew, welcome to the podcast. It is an absolute honor to speak with you on the show. Dude, that's an amazing intro. Uh, I'm honored to be here, man. Those are some really kind words, and I appreciate it big time. Do I do love that intro? Can you believe that everything in that uh, intro is me? The deep voice, all of it's 100 percent me. Is it really good <laughs> yeah. for you? Yeah, That's I, awesome. I, yeah, I do. I do that deep voice. I, I talk to everybody on this podcast because every time I play a po- uh, intro live, everyone has something to say about it. No, that's so, awesome. That's Andrew, awesome. thank you so much for being here. Um, big fan. You know, I started listening to you back in I think 2014, probably my sophomore or junior year college. Uh, you and Rich is talking wrestling, and I've been just listening ever since. So, oh, dude, that that means a lot, man. Uh, it's been it's been this whole ride, this whole my whole career inside in wrestling and outside of podcasting. It's been always very eventful, and uh, I wouldn't change any of it. So, you've been doing it for a very very long time. So, take me back to the origins of the Matt Men podcast. I know you and Rich know each other forever, but how did it become this? Like, you know, ten years. You guys just crossed ten years, correct? Yeah, 2011. Yeah, so uh, 12, 11 years. 11 years. So taking back 11 years ago, you got to go, you know what? I got to start a podcast in 2011 when not many people were podcasting. Me and myself, 2015. So you were ahead of me. So I um, I started podcasting in 2008 or 2009, uh, like officially. I, I've done a, I did a couple podcasts in 08 and I was like getting it going. The uh, economy collapsed. I got a job doing IT for... This Japanese company that does that makes staplers out of <laughs> like a weird random place. They made like these cool staplers, and it was like a really big company. And I was their IT guy, but the economy fell, and they I was the first one they let go because I was the last one in. Right. And I was sitting at home uh, and I was unemployed. I was like, what am I gonna do? Like, I don't want to go work anywhere else anymore. Like, I'm done with that. And uh, I my buddy was a stand-up comic. He's like, why don't we do a podcast? My uh, good friend of mine, uh, Kunal Aurora. And he's like, let's do a podcast. And it's like, just like a general conversation about like our day. Mm-hmm. And we started from there, but you know, that show turned into the Andrew Zarian show and we were doing that. And we were looking to expand cause we were starting to make some money. Like shockingly, we made a couple bucks, nothing crazy, but we were making some money. And I thought we need to add more content. And what, what do I like to talk about? And the summer of punk had just happened. So this is September. Uh, when did that happen? June of June, 2011. June 2011. Yeah, yeah. And that summer, I put out a tweet or or a Facebook message, and I said like, "Hey, looking to add some more content to the website. If anybody's interested, let me know." And Rich and I hadn't spoken in a number of years. Like nothing bad. Just we just lost touch, you mm-hmm. know, in our twenties. And he was like, "Hey, I have this idea for a gaming show." And we went out. We had like four bottles of wine at lunch. Like we got totally sloshed and we realized that we're all we're doing is talking about wrestling. So 
he w- he wanted to do a comic book show. It, it, the gaming show turned into a comic book show. We started the comic book show, but every comic book show we were talking about wrestling, mm. like every every show. So we're like, why don't we just do a wrestling show? And it turned into that. And then uh, we kicked it off late 2011. And then uh, 2012, we went official with it. And then it's been it's been a fun ride. Now, we're going to get a lot into that podcast and some general things. But I want to go back a little bit even further. You were born and raised in Queens. Based on Queens, yeah. Never never thought of leaving? You're just a Queens boy for forever? Uh, uh, I just never got, I never had an opportunity. I live in a great neighborhood. Uh, I got to, you know, it's it's where I've always been. So I, uh, I grew up in Boston. I live in Hoboken now. I've been here for five years. Uh, I've been to Queens. You know, I love I love City Field. Never been to Shea. It's a big regret of my life. But Queens... What is, it about, what is it about Queens? I'm in the suburbs, though. Okay. Like, I'm in a part of Queens that, no, like, it's, I'm in the suburbs. I got no apartments by me. Gotcha. Like, I'm in, I'm in a town called Bayside, and it's, like, a really old-school neighborhood. Okay. Uh, Irish-Italian, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Korean on the other side. Like, it's still a very, uh, people that have been here, like, people, some, some of these families have been here for, like, 100 years in the neighborhood. Definitely. Like, my house was built in 1901. Uh, it, it's a great neighborhood, great school district for the kids. Uh, and the taxes are cheap. I could go to Long Island and pay four times the taxes for the same amount of property. So I, I, I chose to stay here, but I always explain to me, but they're like, Oh, where do you live in? Like Astoria in Queens? Like you live in Flushing. I'm like, no, I'm in Bayside. They're like, where the hell is that? Yeah, I go, it's like right on the border out. of Long Island. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause my, my girlfriend lives, uh, oh, grew up in Queens, lived near, uh, the airport. Was it JFK out there? Yeah. JFK. LaGuardia and La- JFK. Sorry, LaGuardia. Yeah. I think she's close to LaGuardia. Ozone Park. Is that part of Queens? Yeah. 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 That's yeah. like really Queens though. Like so, s- s- that, that s- Southwestern Queens is like real Queens. Like I live in pretend Queens. So let me ask you, cause I know she's gonna listen to this and it's going to just yeah. squash her argument is like that part of Queens. Is that a suburb? No, not ah, at all. Hell yeah. Thank you. Zarian. and no. jazz. No. I win. All right. So let me I ask. I mean, it depends. It depends. If you're asking a Manhattanite, mm-hmm. if someone's from Manhattan, or you know, I consider that as the same as like the like Brooklyn. You know, like neighborhoods in Brooklyn, like a Bensonhurst in Brooklyn, okay, or a Park Slope, like that. Those aren't suburbs to me, right? Yeah, I I grew up in legit suburbs, like lawns, backyard, fences. Like I got a backyard, I got a lawn, I got a front lawn, I got a cherry tree in my front yard. I got how how, how square footage of like your whole lot? Give or so take my roughly. property. It's property. sixty. It's an irregular lot. It's a it's sixty by a hundred and two. Okay, that's a pretty big space. Sixty by a hundred. Let's say so six thousand square feet. The uh the the property. Okay. Okay, I said that's pretty suburban then. For Just, Queens, yeah. For Queens, for Queens okay. it is. All right, so uh, Queens. Are, so are Queens in Brooklyn part of Long Island? Like, are they, okay, let me, let me rephrase. Are Queens yeah. in New York and Queens in Brooklyn on Long Island? Yes, Queens and Brooklyn are on Long Island. Two for two here. Yes. Why, she says no? No, no, no. So this, this is another thing. So like, uh, another part of talking with Tarashuk is um, I go live in studio with my uh, partner in Montclair. Um, we're going to be live every Monday and it's the whole, the whole show is just, I have a giant list of questions and we just <laughs> bullshit. And like one of the questions was, is Queens and Long Island, uh, Queens and Brooklyn part of Long Island? And like, it's a big thing for people. Like the way people well, care are people from Long Island. You know what I mean? Well, I, I think, <laughs> I think some of it is like people take it as an insult. Like that's what I mean. That's it, why I asked it. Like, when you think Long Island, you think Nassau County and Suffolk County, yeah. that's Long Island. But if you're talking about the actual land, yeah, yeah. Brooklyn, Brooklyn, Queens, Nassau 
Well, Kings County, you want to go really specific. Kings County, which is Brooklyn, Mm -hmm. Queens County, which is Queens, Nassau County, and Suffolk County are all on Long Island. Yeah, it's all part of that one giant island. It's like last guy's saying, you know, what's the definition of an island? There you go. Yeah, there you go. All right. So let's look, let's talk some wrestling. So a lot of my, a lot of people listen to the show uh, do not even know I have a wrestling podcast, which you've also been a guest on. Thank you again for that. Uh, So how would you describe wrestling to someone who has never, ever seen it before? Um, it depends on the time. I, I always say, you know, it's, it's, it's simulating, simulated fighting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so someone that's never seen it before or heard of it, how would you describe it? It, it is a, it is a theatrical fight. So that's a good way. That's a good way of putting it. I, I like, I also write with my, my definition. So like wrestling is, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a choreographed fight between two highly athletic people with just the craziest fan base in the history of fan bases. These people are out of the, out of their minds. Yeah. Crazy. And no, you and then you obviously being with the Wrestling Observer and working with Dave Meltzer now, you see the best and the worst of wrestling fans. So how would you describe wrestling fans? I see I see more of the worst than the best. Definitely. I see more of the worst Definitely. than the best. I can, because I the can guys tell. <laughs> the best don't the best don't respond don't don't really reach out that often. Yeah. You know, like we got to know each other, right? Like we met at a show, yep. I did your show, but like like if he didn't do a podcast, right? The odds are I wouldn't have. We really wouldn't be talking. But like you're you're one of the good ones. Like you you watch you you follow the show. Like you don't you don't hear from these guys, which is you know and people live their lives. Like I listen to a ton of podcasts. I never yeah. once reach out to these guys ever. Like I don't. It, it's just not something I do. Like I I don't reach out about the shows. I just enjoy it and that's it. I live my life. Uh, those guys, you don't really hear from them, but like, I listen to some of the, some of the other ones, like I, we have a great community. Mm-hmm. Uh, Man has a great community. F4W and observer have a great community. And those guys are always, you know, fantastic. But the ones that a lot of, there's a lot of guys that are vocal, uh, that just want to have an argument over professional wrestling on, on social media. And I think it's insane. Well, wrestling. So wrestling fans in person are the best fans in the world. Like easily you go to a wrestling show. The best part of the show is the fan base for me. Yeah. Uh, but wrestling fans online are literally the worst people ever. It's like wrestling fans is the best and worst part of wrestling for me. Well, I, I don't think it's rest. I think it's I think it's fandom in general, right? It's okay. it's this new age fandom where um, everything is religion. When you treat everything like a religion, mm-hmm. you're always mm-hmm. going to get into arguments. You know, this whole AEW versus w, uh, WWE thing is now. You had WCW and WWE before. Uh, it, it just people don't like to feel like they are on a losing team or something is better than what they have. And I think the wor- the internet has created this vacuum, especially Twitter of yeah. just feeling the, the right to disrespect people. Mm-hmm. You feel entitled that you can, you know, and I always say this to rich. I'm like, like we, I really don't get the crap that a lot of people do. Like there's a lot of other people that get it way worse. Like I don't, I don't get it because I really don't engage. And I also don't have all these crazy hot takes. Right. You know, like I'm not, I'm not, I love wrestling. I'm not passionate enough to sit there and argue with people on the internet that, that that's, I'm not at that level of fandom, but it's that way way with everything. Politics. Look what happened. You know, the last, you know, X amount of years, political conversations are not civilized. You Mm -hmm. can't have a conversation. Uh, The pandemic, there was, there was no gray. It was either you're on one side or the other, which is a terrible way of thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, I don't subscribe to this belief where I have to be right. I, 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 I subscribe to belief like, okay, well, if you think I'm wrong, tell me how teach right. me, right. explain it to me. 
and maybe you'll 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 change my mind. Uh, like I'm I'm okay with that. I'm okay with changing my mind on stuff. So I think fandom in general has changed, especially on social media. But professional wrestling fans, you know, it, it's it's an escape, and I think we could all we all need it. We all need that escape for an hour or a couple hours a week to kind of get out of our minds and enjoy something. I mean, part of my favorite the favorite part of my week uh, is every Wednesday night uh, when I do Kings Rings podcast live with Ricky and Kay Murphy. Um, it's just so much fun. It's just two, three hours of just these, these, just these two people who I just, I love to death. And it's just yeah. so much fun. Uh, it's just to talk shit and just talk about wrestling. It's the most mindless conversation. Sometimes we sidebar, we call it, we call it Seidberg. Um, yeah. <laughs> we, we, we Sideberg, uh, cause I, I actually, I called, called Gold, we were talking about Goldberg, I went Sideberg. So we call it Sideberging, um, off of just whatever. Uh, like last week, we talked about the plastic and paper bag ban in New Jersey, which made me so pissed off. Yeah, it's in New York too. Yeah, New York uh, too. From a while ago, but. Uh, but to, to your point about wrestling fans, uh, Kenny Omega did this, I think, today or yesterday. The best, like, after after WrestleMania backlash, someone tweeted out, like, you know, Roman couldn't last five minutes ring with, with Kenny Omega. And Kenny's just like, bro, he's a top guy. Like, yes, he could. He's like, that match would be incredible. And that's a dream match of mine. Are you kidding me? Double Forbidden Door. That's a yeah. match I want to see. Yeah, you, man, you, I, you do need more of that. You need more engagement. John Stewart said it best. It's not, it's not attack, it's engage. It's not attack, it's engage. Yes, you need more engagement for sure. Um, I, I just also think that some people just, you know, sometimes it's not, it's not their fault. They just don't, people don't, some people don't know how to, how to articulate or, or have a discussion about things like this. Yeah. Like they just, it, the scariest part of, to me about, about Twitter and social media is that, that you now you kind of see how insane some people are mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. uh i had a I had, somebody told me this years ago and they were like somebody had an outburst on something it was like a work person and the person next to me turned around and goes you know human beings could only just stay whole for like 12 hours once you pass that 12 hours it's all hell breaks loose. Mm-hmm. You don't know. People become wild cards. You don't know what's going on with them. They could only keep it all in for like 12 hours. And I think we see that on social media, you know, social media, you could uh, instantly, whatever terrible thought you have, you could post it. Yeah. And what's the consequence? Either nobody's going to read it or people are going to, or some people are going to agree or some people are going to disagree, but it doesn't really impact you because it's not real life. I think that's the problem. If you treated it like how you would act in real life, you wouldn't have 90% of these conversations. Right. No, def- definitely not. I mean, but that being said, you know, with, with a, a podcast, a business, you know, I, I, want a, I want a podcasting business. Like social media is the most important part of any business, especially my business. So, like, but you on social media, you know, the Matt meant social media is just, you know, breaking news or moments or whatever. How do you, how did you find the way to perfectly balance how to use social media correctly for, I guess, your own personal um, as well as Matt Men. Uh, I do not like social media. Now I'm not a social I. media person. Yeah, if I, I didn't, if I didn't, like, I, I, I say these things that then I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I kind of do. I love engaging with the community. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the, like the 30 or 40 people that I regularly engage with that are fantastic. Like, I, I'll miss those people if I don't talk to them. But to, for me, like, I don't, it's not a thing for me. Like I don't have to be on Twitter. Uh, and like, sometimes I disappear. Like people have been messing like the last two, three weeks. Like I got really busy. I haven't been on Twitter. It's not a priority for me. Right. I just want to live my regular life. I don't, I don't live on social media. So it's easy for me to kind of get away from it. Um, and I have a lot of self-control because I always think whatever I put out there, 
will be there forever. Mm -hmm. So my wording has to be very careful. Uh, if it's something that's political, which I never do. I don't, I, I, you'll never see anything political with me. Yep. Uh, you will never see, uh, I probably, the most political I ever got is when like, uh, you know, businesses were getting burnt down and I was like, listen, there's a better way to do this. Right. You know, like that was it. That was like the depth of my political commentary, uh, during everything that was going on. So I, I stay away from it. I don't want to talk about it. I don't really get into uh, arguments online. Like, dude, I'm not going to change your mind. I don't, I have no, I have no time in my life to change your mind on this subject. So I'm not going to attempt it. If you come aggressively, like that's always been my thing. Like I, if this, if it's something I'm going to say to you in public, I'll, I'll talk that way. I talk, yeah. I don't, I don't go deep into my, into my mind of, of, you know, arguing. Well, that's why, that's why like, I say most, most people have, have podcasts. It's the best way to communicate. I do think podcasts is one of the last, last, like most conventional ways to actually communicate online. Um, and especially the best way to engage with fans, like uh, Mr. Fretz yeah. in the King's Rings community. You know, he's a, a guy from Canada who found us on one of our live streams a few years ago. And now now he has a podcast on the Rest of Act Radio Network, and he's, like, one of my best friends online. That's amazing. And, like, I had him on this podcast, and it was just, we talked for an hour, but, you know, him, Canada, wrestling, you know, how he used to, almost was a pastor. And that's, like, the coolest thing to do with one of your fans. Like, I remember meeting um, one of our other fans from Florida in New Orleans. Like, me and Ricky were on Bourbon Street, and he gets a DM from uh, this, this, this girl who f follows us. We party with her on Bourbon Street. Like, that's the coolest thing to do with your fans. Like, if you have a fan base, get them on your podcast, because it's going to be the coolest thing ever. Yeah, man. I, you know, I, I think podcasting is a little different for me. I've, I've been a fan of radio my whole life. Yeah. So, and I was doing it. I never wanted to like, I never went into this, like wanting to make money or make it into a career. My wife always said like, you're making money now with this, but the bigger thing for the show is a stepping stone. Like GFQ, when I started guys from Queens, she goes, and I'll never forget it. She's like, you're going to make money from this for sure. And I was, but she always saw it as a stepping stone to whatever is next. Mm -hmm. You know, the observer was next, obviously like that. That's a, that's uh, I take great pride in being part of that group. Uh, Matt men is, you know, blown up and become an institution with wrestling podcasts. And I take great pride in that. Cause I have a fantastic co-host mm -hmm. and it makes it super easy. Uh, my consulting clients I picked up all due to, you know, uh, the podcasting and, and technology and things like that. So everything is a stepping stone if you see it that way. But I never I never look at this as a business or a money thing. I, I always see this as if I can make money with this, fantastic. But it's not I'm not I'm not diving headfirst into this. Yeah, I view it similar. You know, like obviously, I want this to be my full time job, but I. But I, if you could make it your full time job, yeah, absolutely. If I go could, right fantastic. Ahead. That's fantastic. But podcasting for me is also it's like it's it's a, it's, it's, it's self expression. It's therapy. You know, the piece yeah. is for personal. If anyone asks you what a podcast stands for, tell them this: a podcast is a personally oriented discussion centered around select topics. That's fantastic. That's yeah. a Will Towershick original. But we did. I did mention Mr. Fred. Is it really? I that love is, that actually. Yeah. So I couldn't sleep, and I just thought of that in my head. The hardest part was the uh. Oh, oriented, oriented, <laughs> oriented. That's like a oriented. That works. I have to Google it to make that sure. That works. Yeah, that worked yeah, really well. Works. There you so, go. In terms of the podcast is use it and tell him I sent you. Uh, but I did mention Mr. Fretz. Mr. Fretz wanted me to ask you, uh, how did you get involved with the Observer? Because it's kind of like one day, oh, by the way, I'm working with Dave Meltzer. So take me, take me through. <laughs> that is how it happened. Like that, that <laughs> process, like how long it took. And like, we're going to get into Meltzer because- and I, yeah. I, I am still a mark. I have my thoughts on Meltzer, but I'm not going to shit on him because I know he's your friend. No, um, no, tell me. No, no, no. I, listen, I, I, I've, I've spoke, I've met him. 
And I could, I think there's a lot of misconceptions about Dave. Definitely. I think there's a lot of uh, people that assume certain things about him. I, I've gotten, I, are we best friends? No, we're friends. Yeah, of course. You know, we're on the same, we're on the, I'm, I'm on his website. So uh, the way that I, the way that I got affiliated with them is that I started a, a website called the International Association of Internet Broadcasters, the IAIB. Okay. This is back in 2012. And it was, it was, it wasn't a not for profit, but like, I didn't, I didn't make money from it. I just wanted a community of podcasters and internet broadcasters to come to, to get like news. Like we had a front page of new stuff happening, like technology stuff happening or, or acquisitions that are happening in the podcasting world. And then we had this forum and the forum blew up. Like it got really popular really quick because a lot of people had questions that the answers were being gate kept behind a wall, behind a paywall. So like you had all these podcast coaches, which I hate. Okay. Me too. I'm going to tell you guys, biggest scam in the effing world. Agreed. Don't pay these people. I'm sure some of them are really nice people. I, and I've met many of them, but most of them are charlatan, charlatans. They're there to tell you the most basic thing and to give you this false hope when you don't really need it. Here's the reality with podcasting. You don't need to spend thousands of dollars, get whatever you could afford, don't worry about the technology. Come up with really good content. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. It's whatever it is that connects you with the audience. That's hard to explain. That's a, that's a, that is not something that's easily created. You could be a very good presenter. Like I know guys that are fantastic at their job as a podcaster, right? They're great presenters. Their video looks great. Their content is great. They just don't connect with the community. They just don't. You can't teach that. You really can't. So I was tired of people just getting, you know, paying for these seminars and they were paying for one-on-one uh, uh, -on -one chats and they were paying for all that. I'm like, you know, and a lot of these guys, they were never going to make it. Okay. It wasn't like someone that's dumping, you know, $2,000 and they have a broadcasting background. They're trying to figure out how to do it. And they just need that extra help. It wasn't that these guys, some of these guys, like, they were on their last dime and this was their last hope, you know? And, and that there was one guy, I'll, I'll, he, I get so sad when I think about this man, he messaged me and he told me that he had given like $3,000 to one of these coaches. Okay. To become, to do podcasting. Cause he was, he thought he could make some money cause his wife was sick and he had a full-time job and he could, he could maybe subsidize this. And this person gave this man such false hope that he can make like $2,000 a month podcasting with affiliate links and book referrals and this referral and that referral. I'm like, dude, he's not teaching you podcasting. He's teaching you affiliate marketing. Mm -hmm. And then I went down the rabbit hole and that's all these guys do is teach you affiliate marketing. And the podcast, like that whole pod, like how to become a podcaster is the front to teaching these guys how to become affiliate marketers, because guess what happens? You become part of their, their, their mastermind. I'm using that term. I, I'm not talking about anybody specific, by the way. Right. Okay. Uh, this person that I'm talking about no longer does, but like, let's say they have like a coaching program, mastermind program. You become a mastermind, you pay them $700 a month, maybe. And then you, somebody pays you $300 a month and you teach them how to podcast. It, it became a giant scam. So I was like, you know what? F this. I made a website. I gave all the information for free. I had uh, engineers, radio engineer, like CBS broadcasting engineers, uh, NBC television engineers on there on like my board. And they would just help people. They would go on there and give them information. Uh, and we actually had ad advertisers that would go on there and like, uh, um, 
let's say it's Blue Chew, right? Because they're a big podcast advertiser now. Yep. Like somebody, a representative from Blue Chew would go there and like coach these guys and girls, like how to present their brand in, in terms of getting an actual advertiser. Like that's the most insightful information you get. So I had started that at the time. Um, and it, it kind of, it blew up. I, I couldn't do it anymore. And, you know, forums changed and my, my career changed. And I kind of laid it to rest a little bit, which I regret, you know, that I wasn't able to continue. But that was a big instrumental part for me uh, in, 20, in 2012. And I totally forgot what your initial question was. Uh, how, you, <laughs> how, how, how you got involved with our, our Observer Radio and Meltzer? Uh, yeah, so we, we did a show called the IAIB Spotlight where we would feature top broadcasters like we had tom merritt right tom merritt big tech tech podcaster uh he would come he came on i had uh, this guy mike phillips he's a radio broadcasting engineer and i started it and i think i asked brian if he would want to be on like a featured top talent right and he said yeah absolutely brian alvarez mm -hmm. and we, I, we started talking a little bit and we started talking about hardware like we were just talking before like he's a big radio gear guy he loves microphones he he wants you know we, we were talking about microphones and i was like hey you want to come on the show and i think he came on like twice we didn't talk about wrestling once mm -hmm. and then i finally told him i'm like hey i do this wrestling thing and he came on uh to promote the death of wcw and they re-released the book in 2014 and i always just had like a like an arm's length relationship with him and uh, about a year and a half ago, when the pandemic happened, I started, you know, getting a lot of information. Uh, and I think Brian came out a couple times. And then I got an offer from some other place to go and put the show on there. Another one of the big wrestling sites. So I just had this really good relationship with them. So I reached out. I'm like, hey, Brian, you want the show? He goes, yeah, let's go. And that was it. All right, so it was, through, it, was through, it was through Brian Alvarez. It was through Brian and and uh, Tony that runs, you know, the back end stuff. He he was like, yeah, let's do it. And it was like within like a day, like it was like finished. Like no, no, I don't, I don't do contracts or nothing. I'm like, hey, let's right. do it. Let's see if it works. If you guys are happy with me, then we'll continue. If you guys think I suck and you don't like it, then no problem. We'll go. And then, uh, you know, next thing I know, I'm hosting Sunday's uh, Wrestling Observer Live. And I remember the big thing was, remember when you made the announcement, you said, you know, the biggest thing is that the show is not going to change. Right? Nothing they, changes. They, no. have, they have no input on our show. Me and Rich, or Rich and I are going to do the exact same thing we always do. And uh, that's, that's good. You know, like, like anyone I partner with, I it's like a podcast comes on APS or vice versa. Like, I don't want to touch your podcast. I don't want to control your podcast. I got three podcasts I got to control, right? I can't control yours. So the fact that you have that kind of partnership is humongous. Um, so I think you're definitely valuable because they saw value in you because, you know, you would break these stories. You still break stories. And I think that's probably how you became so big so quickly in terms of this growth. You, you have these stories. You have these connections. I'm not going to ask you sources. I'm not stupid. Um, but I mean, I could, I could, if you, I, I can't I, tell you people, but I, I could kind people, of, I could you know, tell you the process. Marketing, promotions, like those kind of people. Cause those are people who know people. Yeah. Right. Those are the people who know what's going to happen. Like I'm assuming your contacts aren't wrestlers. <laughs> I have, you know, I talk to some of them, but I, I generally, the best thing I was ever told uh, by a wrestler is don't, don't publish what wrestlers tell you. Right. Cause they'll work like, you. They'll work you. So, and also like double, triple, quadruple confirm it. So generally, I don't, I don't think, I don't think I've ever, you know, one story came from, came from a wrestler and it was a big story. It was Adam Cole uh, debuting at uh, All Out last year. That okay. came from a wrestler specifically. Wow. Not from, not from, uh, not from AEW. Okay. Interesting. Very interesting. Because like when it, when it comes to wrestling news, 
and scoops. You know, you got Sean Sap and all those guys. But in oh, Sean's of, like, the best. In terms of like all like the, the breaking news guys, it's it's you. It's still Meltzer. Um, and then it's really the other guy I know is uh, Billy Body from the Dirty Sheets. He's the guy. He's the guy in London. Do you know? Do you know him? Yeah, he hates me. I know he hates you, which is... He effing hates me. He thinks that I subscribe to his uh, his Patreon and st- to steal his stories. I had never heard of him until until he started saying that I steal his stories. So he was originally on the Steel Cage, which is actually coincidental because I started listening to him and you at the same time when I was in college. And then he left He left Steel Cage because they had beef. He has beef with everybody because he's kind of an asshole. Um, but... You know, his news is, it's it's legit. You know, it's legit news. It's kind of like, who's going to break it first, him or Zarian? But I'm just like, I like both of you guys, right? I don't care who I breaks it first. I, I'm going to tell you something. Like, I've never, like, that's great. Like, and I think, I definitely think if he if he has stuff, like, I don't know anything about his content. Um, yeah. I, if people talk, a lot of people hear the same information. I don't, yeah. it doesn't matter to me. Like, I sit on stuff all the time. Like, I don't, I don't care to be first at it because I don't make money doing that. Right. Like, I'm not a scoops guy. I do it because it's fun. And that, that's what I always say. Like when it's not fun to do, I'm not going to do like, I'll give an example. Um, those, uh, the fast nationals, right. Mm-hmm. That we put out on Saturdays. I would put out the fast national rating for rampage and SmackDown on Saturdays. All of a sudden I'm getting it from WWE. All of a sudden uh, it's, it's a negative for, for rampage. And you know what? I said, this isn't fun for me. Yeah. It's not fun for me. I'm not doing it. I don't care anymore. And I get, I still get them every week. I don't put them and I will never, I'll never put those numbers out because people made it not fun for me. That's how I see this. Like, I don't, I don't break news because I think it's, it's this, uh, like the show, the show's doing the same that it's always done. Like if I did scoops or not, the show's listenership is the same growth that I've had from, you know, it, it does great. The show does fantastic, but nothing changed really. Like it wasn't like. Oh, I picked up a couple more Twitter followers. That that's what changed. But I never, I never like people don't tune in for scoops. They tune in for the show. And I don't yeah. want it to be scoops because then you know what happens? You become you become obsessed because you have to keep delivering. Mm-hmm. And I don't have to. Like guys like Sean Ross App, those guys work hard. Definitely. Sean, definitely. I gotta tell you, man, uh, you know, some people like him, some people don't like him. I really like him. I've met him in, in person. We've spoken off air many times. When I started reporting these stories, if there was one person that legitimized the fact that I have good sources was Sean. Yeah. He didn't have to do that. You know, it's counterintuitive for him. It's another person getting these this information. Like he never saw it that way. He was like, hey, dude, I would you mind if I say like like somebody said, like, oh, it's made up. And then you said Zarian knows what he's talking about. Yeah, definitely. So there's a lot of stuff that go goes on behind the scenes. Like, I'm sure uh, uh what do you say, Bahati, right? Uh, Last Bi- name, Bi- Bi- Billy Body. Yeah, Billy Body. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, didn't mean that. That wasn't like a knock at him or anything. Uh, I'm sure he has sources. Uh, you know, he if you if you're pers- if you're persistent and you work hard at it, people are going to tell you stuff. Well, you know, his, there's a lot of other people like that too that that you never you never really hear from. His his big thing is I'm not I'm not speaking for him, but I'm saying like what I've heard on his show is that he he just he doesn't get credit. Uh, like and P and he has he deals with all the same Twitter hate that you would get, but he actually interacts and goes back with them, and it's it's just a whole mess. So my advice to him would be like, just don't do that. Um, Listen, man, I don't I don't engage. Right. Uh, <laughs> just be right. <laughs> yeah, uh, but, I don't I don't know what his process is. I don't know why he doesn't get coverage. I have no idea. Uh, maybe it's a person a personality it's thing. Probably, it's a personality it's clash. A personality thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. And then that's fine. You know, that's that's his choice. 
you know, whatever. But he's he's doing what he's doing. I do what I do. Yeah, and you guys are very likable. You and Rich are very likable. Now, I I want Rich to pay attention to this. I listen, yeah. I listen to your show uh, for the scoops, of course, and because you guys are entertaining. But I listen for the business, the numbers. You're a numbers uh, guy. He's gonna go to bed. I am also a numbers guy. Like whenever you guys start talking ratings, numbers, like quarterly earnings, like all that stuff, I'm just like. Because the, the the business aspect of wrestling to me is the most fascinating, um, as even as well as what goes on on TV. But how they make decisions based off of business is one yeah. of the most fascinating things to me. Like one of the biggest. And that's what I love about wrestling. Like yes. I have no, like we do it because we we do it on the show because we're just shooting a shit with each other. Do you curse on the show? Of course. Fuck yeah. Okay. Okay. We, we're shooting a shit. So like we're talking like we're boys, you know. So we're going to talk about wrestling, but like. I have no interest in talking about the like I my my interest in wrestling is the business end of stuff. I really mm. much I very much enjoy the business decisions and why certain decisions are made on camera or off camera or business wise. Uh, I I've because th that's what I'm into. Like I'm into that. Uh, I I really don't go into you know like. Well, you know, uh, Rhea Ripley's been buried over the last six months and Bianca Belair and, and, you know, like I don't go into the like the obsession with why someone is not getting over or why like hating a wrestler. Like I don't I, I don't talk shit about wrestlers ever. Yeah, I don't talk about them being terrible or great. Like I'll say if something is a good match or a bad match, but like who the, who the FMI to sit there? You know, on a on a fucking microphone and be like, you know, Drew McIntyre, his foot his foot movement was really off. This like uh, these guys are <laughs> slamming themselves. I've taken bumps in the ring, bunch. It, it is not pleasant. You got to be a certain type of person. Like you, you are cut from a different piece of cloth to be to go out there every day and be like, yeah, I'm gonna fall on the ground regularly all day long. I'm gonna whiplash my neck constantly mm -hmm. uh, for the next 15 or so minutes. And then I'm going to go back. Like who am I to criticize? Like what these guys do, even guys that people that think that they suck. Like, I don't want to mean, but like someone's like, Oh, Baron Corbin sucks. Baron Corbin does not suck. Baron Corbin is fantastic in the ring. You know, like uh, anybody on that level on national television, even if it's a bad match, yeah. they're on TV for a reason. They're, they're legit. And, yeah. and these people see, you know, people, people that are way more qualified to evaluate how good they are, way more qualified than me, to see something and they put them on TV. So what I'm seeing is a, is a tiny little portion of this person's identity. You know, who am I to sit there and criticize them on that level? But with that said, you know, sometimes when something's bad, you got to be like, yeah, that wasn't that great. Yeah, you got you got to call a spade. You got to call a spade a spade. I don't. I, I like my, my personal interest is always the business. No, like me, I me too. like it, even it, down to like the carniness of the wrestling business. I absolutely mm -hmm. love it. I I think it's it's such a fascinating old. It's still like turn of the century. You know, it's the last remnants of the carnival of the turn of the century. The sideshows, like not not that that was a positive, but it, it's very much engraved in Americana. Uh, it's very much engraved in uh, repre representation for immigrants. Yeah. You know, I, I had this discussion with somebody. He's uh, we were talking about just wrestling, and I go, I don't think there's ever been another uh, brand that you know has represented immigrants the way that wrestling has. Uh, Pedro Morales, mm. Antonio Rocca, Bruno, uh, Bruno yeah. San Martino. I mean, uh, even you sheep. had. Yeah like especially northeast wrestling right i'm working on this new series about the northeast like wrestling scene and from like the 60s on 
And just going into it, and it represented the neighborhoods. Bruno was an Italian icon in wrestling. I mean, to, to, in New York, I tell the story all the time. My wife and I are in Little Italy. We're walking down to a nice restaurant. The Italian, I guess, Heritage Club or whatever it was, was there. There's a picture of Pope John Paul II, this big, <laughs> next to a giant poster of Bruno with his championship belt. And it said the, the living legend. And I go, this is, this is what it's all about. You know, like you want, as a kid, you want to look on TV and you want to say, man, that guy represents me. Look at what we've done in the last couple of years. Uh, Kofi Kingston. Yeah. Uh, big E. Bobby Lashley. Yep. That is representation for a kid that's watching on TV saying like, this guy looks like me. This guy, this guy I, I connect with, you know, like it's fantastic. And that's what I loved about wrestling as a, as a kid, you know, there's, there's so much, there's so many different people and there's a hero for everybody. And I think yeah. that's the key there. Yeah. I know. I know your hero is Hulk Hogan. Uh, my hero is John Cena. Always. Your hero always is John Cena. My, yeah. As a kid, John Cena it was my Hogan. Guy. Even though I started watching wrestling in 2007, like late 2007, like right when John Cena was getting booed out of the building just for being a, a baby face. Yeah. But even still, I was like, no, he's John Cena. He's Listen, man, he's my guy. As a, as, a as a five-year-old, six-year-old, I looked at the camera and I said, you know, this guy represents me. I'm, I'm an Italian and Armenian. Yep. Uh, and, and who better to represent me than this blonde giant that has the skin of a hot dog? <laughs> total representation for Perfect. me i mean you know like it, it was it was just larger than life more than anything else but i i think wrestling has a place in history in america it's very it's very tied into americana i don't see it going away yeah it's 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 crazy like the pop culture because it's like such a it's such a different blend of worlds like the, that's why the, the dirt sheets in and of themselves are very like confusing to me because that kind of like news like it's it's real news on something that's fake Yes. Fake, like fake being like it's yeah. television, right? Like you don't get news for like Game of Thrones. Like, oh, sh spoiler alert, Sean Bean dies. Or like, you know, you don't get that in anything else other than wrestling, which is why it's so weird to me that people like even a Sean Ross, like a Meltzer, you even or Billy Body get so much hate for reporting on something that's not technically real. So if they, if they get the news wrong, it's kind of like, who cares? Like, yeah, Meltzer, not the best track record. You're right. Like, you know, he's, but listen, he's covered something that's, it's, he's covering a television show and he's things very change good at it. All the time. Exactly. Yeah. Things change all the time. I mean, I was, God, well, I'll give you a great example. I, I was told 100% that The Rock was going to be at Survivor Series this year. Oh, that's why I bought a ticket. Okay. That's why I bought okay. a ticket. I know you did. I know, I know. A lot of people did. And I have to tell I you, so like, upset. and this came from, this came from someone that has never been wrong. Yeah. Okay. Never been wrong with me. Like some of that know would, would know this. So like for me, it's like, okay, that's an easy, that's an easy thing. Yeah. Uh, and you know, was he wrong? Kind of. Was he right? Kind of. Because they did that tie in with the rocks movie. Yeah. You know, how much more would that have made sense yeah. later on? I mean, and then, and then the story changed like, Oh, he was never going to be there. Like uh, no, guys, no, he was, he was definitely going to be there. Like I believe it was it, going to be there. And then he's, he decided to shoot a movie, you know, shooting schedules, schedules change. These things happen. These things, These things happen. happen. These things happen. But I, we talk about wrestling for a little over a half hour, a lot more than I wanted to. But, hey, that means I got to bring it back in a little bit. Um, so the last question on wrestling before we move on. Yeah. How much do you miss the Boom Evolve shows? Oh, dude, every day. Every I, I day. I talk about it constantly. I have to tell every you, man, I, I talk about that so often. Like, I'm not even exaggerating for the show. Like, I regularly talk about how fantastic those shows were mm -hmm. at LaBoom. The best venue, man. I, honestly, I think that was the best venue for, for independent wrestling. It, for people who don't know, yeah, Laboom is a Boom Latin nightclub. Yep. Laboom is a Latin nightclub 
in in uh, in Queens, New York. Was it Woodside, right? Th- or Sunnyside? I believe so. Yeah. Woodside like- or Sunnyside. Uh, it's on Northern Boulevard. It's next to a car dealership. But the venue itself, you walk in, and that venue is big dance floor. They got a stage for the musician. And then the, it has a really high ceiling and these beautiful purple lights. The whole thing is little purple. And a disco ball. And a disco ball. And on the side, they got this awesome bar. And I, I, I figured out, Laboom Man, what I would do, I would bolt right in there before that line goes, right? Mm-hmm. I would buy a six-pack, a Modelo. Mm-hmm. It was like 30 bucks for a six-pack. And I'm like, that's not bad. I'll take it. It's a mm-hmm. nightclub. Mm-hmm. And I would just go to my seat and just pound them down for the next, you know, two, three hours, just drinking that Modelo. And I never get up again. And that's it. Fantastic wrestling. Uh, great. Gr- Every everybody was fantastic on that show. There was never a, like a bad, terrible match that I ever saw. Laboom. No, like I was just like uh, I ran into you a bunch of yeah, times there. Yeah, me because I I I'm I'm in I'm, in, I'm in Jersey. Yeah, uh, Ricky was Ricky's in Long Island. He's a little further out, but we talk about those Laboom shows all the time. Like we always go, we're going. Check Twitter. Up, oh, Zarian's going too. We'll see Dude, him it there. It was the best. Long Island Railroad. I get off. I'm like ten minutes, uh, ten minute walk to the train. Yeah, I would get on that train, get there, and like. 10, 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. Walk to the venue, walk back to the train. I'm, I'm back home. Like by the, by, by like 11 o'clock, I'm back home. And I had a fantastic night. It's quick, I, quick it was 40, 45 minutes. I help on the bus. Easy. Authority. It's like the NQR or something goes right there. And it's down the block from Laboom. Yeah. COVID killed that man. Yeah, dude. Well, I mean, luckily all the evolved guys are doing well, um, either in AEW or in, um, at current, NXT, current, or- NXT. But, you know, that's conversation for another day. Let's talk some tech because you did a yeah. podcast called What the Tech. I did um, for a long time. Which you haven't. Is that your first podcast? That's one of your first podcasts. That's your baby. Uh, the Andrew Zarian show was my first podcast. Okay. Because I'll never, I'll never forget this either. Back in college, I listened to this movie show podcast called The Schmoes No Show. Okay. And um, What the Tech had an ad on their show. It might have been the network they were on. Uh, and I just go, I'm Andrew the Zarian. The Schmoes No Show? What the, is it? The, the Schmoes No Movie Show. They don't exist anymore. Now they're called the Move to Schmo Trivia Showdown. So it was oh, with- I have no idea what that is. So it was with Christian Harloff and Mark Ellis, who is New York-based New York based guys. Mark Ellis is a comedian, and Christian Harloff actually used to be a writer for WWE. So they're big marks as well. Dude, um, I have, you gotta send me, I, you gotta send me the, the, like the podcast image, because I have no idea why I would even have an ad. So yeah, like what 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 the tech had an ad on there, and I was like, huh, I know that voice, and happened to oh, be you. Oh, that's awesome. So I don't know where you put ads for. I'm 95 percent sure it was Schmoes No, because back then that's when podcasts really actually had ads. Um, but they were the best. I wish they were still a thing. Um, but podcast tech, you got you got a pretty little setup behind you. Um, I do. I, I saw on your Instagram once when you were at at the at the nightclub that you had a roadcaster, which was like, oh, I have the roadcaster. Uh, you got the, you got the great mic there. So tell me about like. Your setup, obviously, you have a great studio. Is that studio part of your house? Is it in the garage? Talk, talk me this about your, is, your whole setup. Yeah, this is in my. You want me? To, I can show you. I could. Yeah, I could go for move it. the camera. Yeah, go Hold for on. it. Hang on. Uh, so you got a great man can... cave. Yeah. So this is a, like a little corner in my in my house. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it was like a like a TV room more than it's like a playroom or a TV room, and we changed it up. I don't think I can reach the camera here. I don't. Uh, it's you locked know, in. Don't worry about it. Yeah. It's, yeah. If, so if you want, it's, it's show, like, show me it on your phone and send it to me afterwards. I'll put it in B-roll. Yeah, uh, it's 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 actually the whole thing is set up like a set. Mm-hmm. So I don't. It's not just like this is it. You know, like I have the couch shot with like two mics there. I have another couch here with two mics. Uh, I have a camera here. I have a camera on the couch. I have a camera for Rich, and I have another over the head camera for the studio. Um, I you know this is this is like 
this is like the last version that I built. I, this was this version is like from 2012 that I've just added more shit to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we use uh, Axia Radius consoles, old radio, radio great stuff. Uh, we had a partnership with Telos. We still do. Awesome. The Telos Alliance supplied all the studio stuff. So we use a radius. We have uh, DBX uh, 286S's for mic compressors. We have an Omnia audio processor for overall processing. We use a, uh, let's see what else I got. What, 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 what cameras? Uh, so I use Canon. Uh, so my, I used to use Canon HFG 40s. Mm-hmm. I swapped them out. I have a Sony 4K on me. Okay. Uh, I forgot what model. I can't, I can't see this. But now we're only using the, uh, the Sony, uh, the A2s. Okay. A seven twos we use. DSLRs. Yeah. Uh, they're fantastic, those A seven twos. Do they have NDI or is it hardwired in? Like it's hard everything shots. is hardwired in. So I you I have a um a Kona four, an AJA Kona four card, which is an SDI. It's a four SDI input card. Uh I have two of those. So we could actually do eight cameras if we wanted to, mm-hmm. but like you when the hell am I going to need eight cameras in yeah, here? You, you you know? Yeah, it's a small place. You it's a po- podcast yeah. I don't need. I'd say podcast, you just need three cameras set up. That's all you need. But I mean, uh, like we built this thing out. Uh, I, I wanted, and then I have a Telos uh, V set for the phone calls. Mm-hmm. We have a six line phone system. That's so cool. That's so cool. Yeah, that, that's kind of set up I eventually want. And to your point earlier about, you know, podcasts don't need, you don't need to spend thousands of dollars. That's sometimes true. My first podcast setup was a hundred dollar thing on Amazon. It gave me a little mixer, one channel like a stick mic, XLR yeah. cords, and recording software by use Audition, right? A hundred bucks. And then over the years, um, I upgrade. Like this mic right here, the RE20, whatever it is. You know, I got this after five years of doing podcasting. The Roadcaster, five and a half years of doing podcasting because it's, you know, I'm in it now. <laughs> I'm balls yeah. deep. I'm not going nowhere. This is, this is my favorite mic, though. That my one, Neumann. okay. Let me, let me, let me, let me show, show up again. I have let me see Neumann it. TLM. It's so tiny. It's, it's yeah, just my baby. Neumann TLM. Yeah, this is Howard Howard Stern's mic. Same mic. All right, what's what's the mic you got there? That's that's I call it the Rogan mic. Uh, it's the SM7B, the Shure SM7B. It's okay. Uh, I the, the reason why I got it is that Rich is very soft spoken, and I'm very loud. You are. So I would have to pot his mic up like tremendously mm. because these are these are dynamic mics. They're quiet and they're but I would be so loud where and he I had to pot him up so much that like we had bleed over happening. Mm-hmm. So my mic, you know, it was just constantly bleeding it. And this would pick a lot up in the room. So this is great when I'm by myself in here because this room is pretty dead. Uh, and I have soundproof doors yep. in here. So like I can't hear like it's an exterior soundproof door. So I can't hear outside of here, but it would just pick up everything that was going on. So I, I swapped it out for this one. Awesome. Yeah. Like this, this mic I got right here. This is one I used at a college radio station. It's a fantastic ho- mic. I w- love that mic. WRHU, Hofstra University. Shout out to them. Um, you know, that's where I learned radio, and that's where I fell in love with radio. Uh, I listened to podcasts well before that, but that's why I started a podcast. Um, so how did you get into tech? Because, like, you're, 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 you're a marketing nerd, you're a tech nerd, you're a I business am, yeah. nerd. How did you get down to the, nut, the nitty and gritty of t- podcast technology? So uh, I always loved technology. Uh, as a kid, I was really into it. My, my best thing my, my, my family ever did, my parents, uh, they put a computer in my room when I was five years old, and they said, wow. learn this. I had a Tandy 2500 XL they bought from Radio Shack. They paid $3,000 for this thing. Oh, my God. Okay, this is 1989. They, they, they bought this computer, and they don't know. They're like, what the hell do they know? They, they never use a computer, and they put this in, uh, and they're like, okay, figure it out. And I would go on there, and I would figure it out. And I remember, like, 
six years old, I was logging in and my father would make him print out articles on the Gulf War in, on, a, on my dot matrix printer. And I was, I was a kid, I was six years old. And I would like, I would find the articles and I would like print out stuff for him at six. So like it always, I was so, I was so into technology. Like I, I've always been like a big geek. I was into gaming. I was like, uh, I still am. And uh, I just, it was just a passion of mine and the technology passion led me to everything is connected. This is, this is one piece of advice I'll give everybody. Everything you do in life is connected in some way. Mm-hmm. I'm not a religious person, but I sometimes believe that, you know, everything is for a reason, right? Mostly sometimes bad stuff happens and it happens for no reason. But a lot of the things that you do to yesterday will, will play a part in life later on. Um, I just got really into tech. And then the attitude era was happening. I got into wrestling from there because of the technology stuff. Cause I found a uh, wrestling observer on a website in 1999, 2000 uh, called Iata. And Iata ended up uh, the morning guy was Chauncey Hayden from the Howard Stern show. He was a morning guy. And the afternoon guy was Dave Meltzer. And long story short, my wife is the godmother to Chauncey's kid. So that's like a weird connection there with IATA and then, and then Meltzer. So everything was connected to technology. And then I really enjoyed tech TV when that, when that came out. I was really into tech TV and Leo Laporte, obviously with Twit Network. Uh, when I was laid off and I was doing a podcast, I was looking for like top podcasts and I found Leo and the Twit Network. So like that got me even more into technology again. Mm-hmm. And then that just led me into wrestling. So what, what do you think is the future of podcast technology? Um, I, 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 I'm going to be honest with you. I think it's a little grim for people like me and you, Mm, uh, there'll always be, there'll always be outliers and there'll always be breakout stars. But I think this entire genre of content is going to be saturated by mainstream corporate media. Mm, Agreed. I I don't think there's, uh, there's enough room left unless you're like, you become a big star, you know, like you become like a Jake Paul or something. But again, Jake Paul, you know, he's a big podcaster too, but he has a big media background. He was a Disney star. So I think for guys like I'm from Hope, you know, like a guy from Hoboken that wants to do a podcast and get it going, I, it's going to get harder and harder to break out. Like when we, when I started podcasting, there was nobody doing it. Yeah. So, you know, it's just one email to the, per, to the person that's the content director for, you know, iTunes podcast that you just you get on a good day and you write a nice email and all of a sudden you're featured on the front page of iTunes. Yeah. You're featured on the front page of Spotify. You're featured on the front page of all these podcasting apps. You know, these are, uh, th- these are things that will not come easily anymore. It was in the infancy. We were all trying to figure it out together, but now most of these podcasts, you look at the top 20 podcasts who's independent other than Rogan. Yeah, not much. Not much. Yeah. They're all, you know, they're all famous for something else. That I do agree with you. That is, that is a tough part of podcasting. That's why I tell people, like, listen, if you have anything else going on, a podcasting is a great um, right-hand man to what you're doing. Like, you can be selling cars, right? You should have a podcast, in my opinion. You should, yeah. No, no, it's a great companion to what you do. But, exactly. Companion you know, like, to what Even Rogan. Before. Even Rogan. Rogan. Rogan was a celebrity beforehand. Exactly. Right? People knew Joe Rogan. He was a, he was a popular stand-up comic, Fear, Fear Factor, Factor UFC. Uh, UFC. Yep. But, like, give me somebody. And, and I'm asking this because I don't know the answer. Give me somebody that is a Joe Schmo, an asshole from Queens, you know, that becomes a big podcasting star. It doesn't happen. Yeah. You know, and I could tell you, like, 2000 and, dude, like, 2012, 2011, like, if I if we were doing a show that didn't have like fifty thousand live viewers, it was a bad show. 
because metrics were all over the place. People yeah. just watch because it's something to watch. Mm-hmm. Like you were featured on the front page so you would, you would get discovered. And then we grew from there. Like now, I mean, we do great numbers, but it was a different world in the early days. But now I, I, I honestly see it becoming more mainstream based, more network based, uh, celebrity based. I don't see it looking great for, uh, you know, people like me. I, I don't see that happening. I think, I think it's, a, it's an anomaly if it, when it happens. Well, as a wise man once said, the cream always rises to the, the cream top. always rises to the top. Yeah, but you know what? A lot of people rose to the top that weren't that that were low fat. That's fair. All right. Well, yeah, because they're throwing that throwing that corporate algorithm. They get that help from that big corporate push. Although, hey, man, CNN Plus lasted three weeks. So he did last three weeks with CNN so, Plus. Yeah, I mean, with with the internet, the best content will rise to the top. That's why I'd say what you say. Focus on the content. What, you weren't into Don Lemon Unleashed? You uh, weren't into that show? Uh, uh, Anderson <laughs> Cooper's, like, parenting show or whatever. Yeah, yeah, his yeah. cooking sh- I don't know. And I don't want to get political on this podcast either. Yeah. I can, but I, I save that for other times. But, Listen, Andrew, but again, it's soulless content. Yeah, That's exactly. how I see it. It is so, Exactly. It's yeah. a great way of putting it. Soulless yeah. content. But I try to bring as much soul to this podcast as possible because I'm just like, I, I'm a clown. I also call it corporate media. I don't call it mainstream media. It's yeah, corporate no, media. It's not mainstream, though. That's yeah. the thing. Rogan's more mainstream. Yeah. Well, you know, here's the thing about Rogan. You know, there's, I, I, I got some time here, by the way, if okay. you, if you, if you, uh, I got like five minutes here. Yep. I think for Rogan, cause now you got me talking about podcasts, right? Uh-huh. With Rogan, it's interesting because like not getting political here, right? Yep. He was always a very liberal thinker. He still is. Always. Still yeah. is. Always. And it was, he's a great example of, if you say it, there are, there are people out there just waiting for that moment, they're waiting. And when they feel threatened, they will take action. And that's exactly what happened. The, a lot of, you know, CNN felt threatened by him oh, because yeah. guess what? He was absolutely, he, he, he didn't back down. He didn't change his thought, whether or not you believe, you know, this whole, uh, the whole thing about how he took horse medicine and all that stuff. Like forget about, forget about how you feel about this whole thing, you know, but that's an outright lie. You know, you're making them, it's 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 an exaggeration of of great proportion when you say yeah. that this this man he's this dopey man that he's taking horse medicine and he's telling his followers he didn't say that at all it was it was far more deeper of a conversation but it's a great buzz line when you feel threatened when your network is getting three hundred thousand views in prime time and he gets eleven and, million and this and this you know and, and I'm not saying that this is my thought like this dumb jock you know that just smokes weed and he talks about ayahuasca and he loves aliens. Like <laughs> this guy is getting 36 million views. Of course you want to take him down. Of course you're going to say he's dangerous. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Too much influence. Yeah. It's Whether or not you like him or not, you know, cause there's yeah. a lot of people out there that do great content and that's not my thing. All right. All right, Andrew, I will, I will respect, I will respect, uh, your heart out. Um, that just means I'm going to have to definitely bring you back. We can talk all about podcasting. My policy is once a quarter. So Dude, August, I'll do it. hundred percent. I'll do it. August. I'll hit you up. We'll do it again, man. This has been Absolutely. a lot of fun. I appreciate you. I appreciate everything you've done in podcasting. Being an inspiration to me. Seriously, man, it means the absolute world. And the fact that you, and you have no idea how much that means to me. I, and I say that to people and they don't believe me, but that is, I, I, there's, there's a couple of you guys that do great content. Uh, you, you're one of those. Uh, John Prosser from Front Page Tech. I don't know if you know who he is. Mm-mm. He was a kid when he sent me an email. He was a kid when he would listen to my show. And now, you know, he's a big time Apple guy. You know, he covers a lot of Apple stuff. Uh, Nick Craig, he does uh, he does like political radio in, in North Carolina. He's another one of those kids that like, he was like a kid. He was like 11 years old. And now 
He's doing greater things than I've way more than I've ever even thought about doing. So that that is the greatest compliment I could ever get. If I never made another dime doing any of this, I'm totally freaking happy. All right. Oh fuck, I forgot. Last question. Always yeah, do it. Always go to the guest. Anything you want to ask me? Uh yeah, I do actually. Go for it. Uh, I'm going to ask you, what what made you want to do podcasts? What made me want to do podcasting? You know, that's yeah. the second time someone's asked me that question on this podcast. So podcasting, um, I listened to podcasts back in, I started probably 2011 or tw- What was the first podcast you heard? Um, Schmoes No. Okay, Schmoes No. Movie Show. So I, they, were, they were a YouTube channel. Found their podcast, eventually found Rogan. Uh, then found another wrestling podcast called TWFS, The Whole Effing Show. Um, they broke the story on Sammy with Sasha Banks that, that the audio came from their podcast, which to me was just mind blowing. Cause again, all connected. Um, yeah. but you know, I started a podcast because I went to a very competitive college, Hofstra university. Wait a minute. Schmoes. No, how do you spell it? S- I think I know S- what it is. C H M O E S. Like the average schmo. Schmoes. No podcast. Yeah. Okay. Now that, now that the, the ultimate Schmodown movie trivia show, but they were the Schmoes. No. I forget okay. what network they're on. I'll find it and email it to you. Um, but anyway, you know, I wanted to stand out on a resume. You know, in high school, I had a blog, Willie T Reviews, where I just wrote movie reviews and I put on a resume. I thought that helped me get into college. So like, if I'm going to help me get a job, I'm going to do a podcast because who's doing podcasts right now in my age? Nobody. Yeah. Um, and then from there, you know, it was fun. King's Rings is my baby. I've been doing it for seven and a half years now. And... It's just, you know, podcasting became this thing where I'm actually good at this. It's a lot of fun. How can I keep doing better and better? And eventually, um, I was unemployed after my first job, still doing podcasting. Thinking, okay, how can I make this a career? You know, it's, it's a fallback plan. Plan B became plan A. And now, you know, I, I still work contracts. I still I have a full-time job. And I still do podcasting, trying to make ambiguous podcast solutions an actual full-time career. Um, and I just want to, I just want to sit in this chair and podcast forever. Yeah. How I got into podcasting and why I got into podcasting was just to stand out on a resume. And that's just the most blatant truth I can have. It's and just, by the way, and it works. It and does it works. Work. Cause can I tell you how many, how many, like the whole thing I do with Sapphire, right? Mm-hmm. Like that all started because of a podcast. My entire career in marketing mm-hmm. is it, it blew up because of the podcast. Cause I knew something they didn't. Mm-hmm. And I still, you know, still, I still, still owe you a stripper story. That you next saw, time you come back, we'll, okay. we'll, we'll next talk time all you about Sapphire. But this is, you know, the key to success is what do you, what do like, and you have the same advantage. You know something that most people don't. And that's, this is black magic to them, dude. Mm-hmm. Like what you're doing right now, you got that microphone in front of you. You got the headphone, like you got a white wall behind you, but it's magic. Yeah. Like how the F are you recording the video? Uh, first of all, to be able to talk for an hour, to be able to put the video together, to be able to bring in guests. Like, it's like, holy crap, how do you do this? That lot. was my foot in the door yeah, in, in all of my businesses. And really, it was, a, it was a pivotal thing. It was the best, it was the best high decision I ever made. Love it, love it. All right, Andrew, uh, thank you again for being on the show. Anything you want to plug where people can find you? The floor, my friend, is yours. Yeah, man, uh, I, do, I do a show called We're Live, Pal, on the Wrestling Observer website on Tuesdays. I do a show uh, called Matt Men on Thursdays, and I do Wrestling Observer Live every Sunday. And then I'm just on Twitter, at Andrew Zarian. You can follow me. If you have podcasting questions, send them my way. All right. And ladies and gentlemen, that has been Andrew Zarian of the Matt Men Podcast, one of my personal heroes in podcasting. Thank you again to Andrew for being on the show. But my name, ladies and gentlemen, you know it by now, because it's in the goddamn title of the podcast, Will Tarashek. It's Tease and Thomas. 
A-R-A-S-H-U-K. And you can find all my shenanigans at ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com. All my other podcasts, including our live show, which is coming from Cube Recording Studios, where it's just a giant list of questions, and we have fun. If you want to be a guest on this podcast or that podcast, that part of the podcast, send me an email, will at APSpodcast.com. That's A-P-S-P-O-D-C-A-S-T.com. And if I go, ooh, that's interesting, congratulations, we'll book it and you'll be on the show. I'll be back next time speaking to, I'm not sure yet, I got to kind of figure out the order, but I got two more big guests lined up. It's going to be a good time and we will see you there. Until then, you all take care and just keep on podcasting and keep on doing you, boo, because I love you for when you do. Take care.